Well, good morning to Rancho Temecula, Rancho Murrieta, and Rancho and Espanol. And good morning to everyone who's here live and online. We're so happy you've joining us today. My name is Rachel Dennis. I'm the lead campus pastor at Rancho Murrieta, and I'm very excited about our united service today, bringing three Rancho congregations together in unity as we study Ephesians together, a book about unity in the church with a vision of the whole world united together in love. As an expression of unity under God and with one another, we will be celebrating communion together at the end of the service. So feel free to get some bread and juice or wine. Pastor Scott will lead us in communion after our journey through Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. For those of you who may be new this morning, you are our guest, and we are thrilled you're joining us today. We'd like to ask you to text the word guest to the number you see on the screen so that we can connect with you and welcome you to Rancho. We also want to thank all of you for your generous support of the vast ministries of Rancho within the church for all generations, younger, older, and in between, including our amazing virtual VBS which is encouraging, connecting, and equipping hundreds, if not thousands, of children across the nation. It really is incredible. you got to check it out. To support the vast ministries of Rancho in the church and throughout the church, serving people locally and globally, we encourage you to visit rancho.tv forward slash giving to make a one-time or a reoccurring donation. Your support makes all of our ministries possible in person, online, to the church, and to the world. We also want to invite you back here online tonight from 6.30 to 8 p.m. on the same platform that you're streaming right now. It's our first Rancho Town Hall, discussing in open, honest, and real terms the divisions in our country over racial justice and how those divisions are impacting the world and Rancho Church. You'll be able to interact and send in questions that will be answered live. We'll look forward to seeing you back tonight at 6.30. So, today, we are going to experience Ephesians 4 in a different way. We're going to see God's heart for unity in the church through three different campuses, hearing from seven different voices on the seven ones of Ephesians 4. One body, one spirit, one glorious hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. It will be a fun and meaningful journey. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to come together and worship you. I pray that despite all of our differences, we would be unified under your name and your will. I pray that the spirit of love would exude from our very beings that we could see healing throughout the land as we see your will done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for being with us this morning. In your precious name, amen. 
And now, Pastor Steve Solomon, lead teaching pastor from Rancho Marietta, will get us started. Thank you so much, Rachel. Well, it's good to be with everyone here this morning, and uh, just welcome if you're new. Um, and we plan to go through the book of Ephesians and focus on togetherness. We had no idea that our country was going to be going through the difficulties that we see it facing now. Man, this last month personally in my life has been an eye-opening journey for sure. A journey of listening, a journey of learning, struggling to understand what we see going on around us as well as what's been going on for years that's gotten us here and, and figuring out what's the hope for moving into the future. I've always loved being part of Rancho Church, where we desire to be a learning community, a, a community that, that doesn't always see, see things the same way, whether that be theologically, whether that be politically or philosophically or whatever, that just a desire to find unity in the midst of those differences, in the midst of that diversity. And, and having focused on that in so many ways, to become that kind of community instead of a indoctrination community, which would basically mean like we all believe in the same things, we see things in the same way, and, and if you don't see it that way, you might feel like an outsider because that's not what we want to be. It's been a challenge over the last month for us because whenever major issues happen, not everyone sees things in the same way, especially if you're part of a learning community, a diverse community. And I personally have never seen or experienced such polarizing divide than we see today in our country and in our church. And why I've been so blessed by many people who I see working at listening and growing and figuring out how to come together during this time in our history. I've also been grieved by some who seem to be working so hard to move further away, landing on sides where they might refuse to listen, learn, or move at all. So every day I've been reading through Ephesians as we prepare each week to look at a different chapter. And I, I've been struck by the cause of Christ of togetherness, that Paul was working so hard to get that culture in emphasis at that time to see and live into a very, a very divided culture, a polarized culture as well. And so today, today we are coming together as Rancho Murrieta, Rancho Temecula, Rancho in Espanol, to focus on a single but very powerful word that we see in Ephesians chapter four, one. Paul attaches this word to seven different truths that was meant to bring this diverse and polarized community together under Christ in unity. And my hope today is that as we focus on the one that we might start coming together even more in the midst of the differences that we can mourn with those that mourn and hurt with those that hurt, that we can stand up for justice and mercy and seek to understand people that have different experiences than we do and desire to come together as one in Christ for the glory of God and the benefit of everyone. Because Paul says in Ephesians 4.4, there is one body. And how challenging is that thought? 
There isn't a liberal body and a conservative body. There isn't a Republican body, oh, and a Democrat body. There isn't a black body and a white body and a Hispanic body and an Asian body. There isn't an American body and then all other bodies. There is one body under Christ, period. And it's a body that isn't blind to the differences, but celebrates them and works towards unity and togetherness. This is the vision that Paul has been laying out throughout this letter. Ephesians 1.10, right off the bat he starts, and this is his plan. At the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. You know, one of the most difficult things that I've been witnessing is some of these social media exchanges. When, when a person from whatever side basically takes it upon themselves to challenge that the person on the other side shouldn't even be considered a Christian and basically attempts to kick them out of the body because of their view. And that's often when my heart sinks and I just feel so sad. And this is where what Paul says before he starts off on these seven ones, what he says before that is so important for us to hear because I believe it shows us where our focus and attitude needs to be in order for us to truly start living as one body, though many different members, different affiliations, backgrounds, experiences, ethnicities, theological views, struggles, and the list goes on. Ephesians 4, verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body. What has caused the lack of unity, the divisions, what has caused that over the years, I mean, we're talking hundreds and thousands of years, that, that some people are treated differently as less than others around the world as well as in our own country? I would say it's a lack of humility, gentleness, patience, not bearing with each other in love or making every effort to be unified and at peace together. Throughout history, not seeing or treating everyone as being made in the image of God. The vision of God for the world that is described in the book of Revelation is perfect unity. In Revelation 7, 9, after this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe, people and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. The whole world is division, standing together in unity, all tribes, tongues, and nations, one body composed of every race and ethnicity, standing before the throne together in perfect unity. Tu eres principio eternidad ya más del mundo existencia me acerco a ti moriste por mis fracasos llevaste mi culpa en la cruz 
Yes, there is one body and there is one spirit, the Holy Spirit, sent by Jesus Christ to bring life to the body, which is the church. See, the Holy Spirit who unites us to God, it also unites us one to another. The Holy Spirit also unites us in a relationship with God, and this is called regeneration. 
The one spirit of God gives us all one new life to enjoy and to live. And by wisdom, understanding, trust, and knowledge of God's word that the spirit gives us, we can experience true togetherness, true unity by that one spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. It's our comforter in times of trouble. And we can agree that we are in some troubled times right now, whether it be financially, racially, or spiritually. But the word of God says in Psalms 46, 1 and 2, God is our refuge and our strength and a very present time in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth may be removed, and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, we can trust that with God, everything will be all right. And with the same trust, the Holy Spirit empowers us to advance the cause of Christ by digging deep within our soul to love one another as Christ loves us, by walking alongside our sisters and our brothers that may not necessarily look like us, but we share the same Father, which is our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, God has called us to be light and darkness. He says for us to be the salt of the earth and to live as witnesses of Christ. So it's time for us to do that, church. I'm so blessed, and we're all blessed that the Holy Spirit is present. His power lives within us. So we can ask the Holy Spirit to walk with us to guide us and to help us when we get weak and when our strength is down. God is not just with us. God is through us in that one spirit. And that spirit is the Holy Spirit. So we must walk in the spirit leading with love, with grace, with compassion, with mercies, with goodness, faith, hope. And again, I say love because God is love. Amen. There is one body, one spirit, and one glorious hope for the future. You know, the future can be so uncertain, especially in 2020. I mean, this is the longest year we have ever had, I think, in all of eternity. We don't know what the COVID virus is going to bring as in flattening the curve. We don't know what our economy is going to do. And, and we don't know where these racial tensions are going to take our country today. The tendency is for us to worry, but we must not lose hope. We do know one thing with certainty. We have a hope for a better, a glorious future, not just for when we die, for when we're in heaven, but for today, right here, right now. The one body of Christ empowered by the one spirit of God will move us all through uncertain times into a bright new future that we all create together. This is our hope. Our hope is greater than fear. Fear takes us to our worst. Yet hope, hope in Jesus, this is life-giving. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Our hope is in this prize. This upward call of God in Christ Jesus shows us how to live today. Our hope 
is that the God-given image in us is rising up and displaying the love of God for all people. Our hope is that everyone knows that they are loved. Our hope is that everyone is treated with dignity. Our hope is that no one goes hungry or without. We have hope that the barren will birth those that will pave the way as we saw with Elizabeth in the Gospels. Hope that ordinary like Mary will be extraordinary in birthing love and peace in our world. Hope that the broken like Peter will be forgiven and will be used to raise up Christ's church. Our hope is that those with blinders such as John will be used as a disciple to unite and eat with all people. Our hope is that the angry and the prosecutors like Paul will see the light and bring the mystery of this gospel to the whole world. Our hope is that everyone will know and understand the saving grace of Jesus Christ as Lord. And we have this hope that his kingdom come, his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We have this hope because of Jesus, because of the power of the Holy Spirit to move in us as the people of Christ to love one another. It's because of this hope and this one Lord that we have hope today. There is one body, one spirit, one glorious hope for the future, and one Lord, Jesus Christ himself revealing to the world the heart of God. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see him show compassion to the marginalized and the overlooked. In order to fulfill the mission of a united world, Jesus had to be willing to go against the status quo with the larger goal in mind. If we are serious about advancing the cause of Christ, then we must be willing to step out and live like Jesus did. Jesus loved through action, feeding the hungry, befriending the lonely, and accepting those deemed unworthy by the religious powerful figures of the day. It is easy to be united with those that think, talk, and act like us, but Jesus calls us to do more. In this time of division, we must keep our eyes on our one Lord, Jesus Christ, so we do not become distracted from the mission. When we are united, we do not leave people behind because we don't share the same experience as them. We don't leave people behind because others have deemed them worthless. We don't leave people behind because we have to give up something in order to help them. Unity is not for the faint of heart. Jesus showed us through sacrificial love that he was willing to be falsely accused, arrested, beaten, tried, and crucified so that we may be united to God by selfless love. Our one Lord, Jesus, has given us the blueprint on how to live our lives, not in comfort, but in the fight for unity. There is one body and one spirit, one glorious hope for the future, and one Lord and one faith. You know, faith can unite us or it can divide us. A faith that is focused on being right, being pure, being devout, or being different is a faith that divides. Comparing each other to standards that we set ourselves, this is not what faith is about. The fact that we've been dividing and arguing and excluding one another for thousands of years is evidence that we haven't yet got it right. And we still have much work to do to share the good news of God's love to everyone, everywhere. 
Our faith above all should lead us to a deep love for others, a faith that is rooted in the life and the work of Jesus because he is the full expression of God and Jesus was kind and patient and compassionate and empathetic and he loved and accepted all people, inviting them to a life unburdened by guilt, shame, and sin. Our faith is expressed so clearly in Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But God, who is so rich in mercy, he showed us, he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. That is one faith. And our faith is what gives us a firm foundation when we are faced in challenging times, times like we're experiencing now. So let us stand together, let us love together, let us serve together, let us pray together, and together let the love of God flow through us to one another and out to a world that so desperately needs to hear good news. There is one body, one spirit, one glorious hope for the future, and one, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Baptism is the cleansing of the old and the raising of the new. Romans 6.4 says, The old self has died and was buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Now, I want us to think, why was there a necessity for a new self in the first place? There was a need for a new self because our old self was far from God. We were not one with God. We were separated because of our ignorance of God's forgiving grace. But God the Father wanted to be close to us again. He wanted to be reconciled and unified, not just for us to be reconciled with him, but for us to be reconciled and in unity with others. Separation from God was brought into this world through one man's sin, through one man missing the mark. As Romans 5 depicts, just as this one man welcomed sin into this world, so did one man bring hope into this world, Christ Jesus, paving a new path for unity and reconciliation. So what does this imply? True unity is reached through Jesus Christ. Our old sinful nature that once birthed hate, envy, jealousy, division, has been submerged in baptism and cleansed by, Christ, by Christ's grace. When we are baptized with Christ, we arise into a glorious new hope for our future. We are a new type of human beings. By God's strength, we are able to continue in loving one another and fulfill that first commandment, regardless of our background, our history, our skin, our skin color, etc. So this enables us to have a relationship with God the Father, and it restores the first commandment for us to love our God, and it restores the second for us to love our neighbors as ourselves. The old life that we lived for ourselves only has died, and we are now raised to a new life by Christ in one baptism. On our journey to becoming more loving, 
more kind, more accepting, more selfless people. Dying to self for the living benefit of others. So we no longer have to react as our flesh deems necessary. We have the choice to respond differently. We can live with love, kindness, patience toward everyone everywhere because of our new life through our baptism. Not a baptism of water, but one baptism by one spirit into one body, the unified body of Christ. There is one body, one spirit, one glorious hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. One God and Father. And there's a mystery behind God, particularly around his nature. Because if you see expressions of God, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, God is one, yet there's a plurality. We see in Genesis that God says, let us make man in our image. Where is that plurality if there is one God? Our one God is in relationship. And we now know as Father, Son, Spirit. There is unity, yet plurality. That's why the Apostle John was able to say with confidence in 1 John 4, 8, that God is love. Not just that God loves outside himself, but God loves. God is in triune relationship. Perfect unity expressed in the oneness of God. So here's the kicker. Our one God decides that we're going to make man in our image. And and we have this beautiful image of God within us. We're image bearers. And that means we have this incredible brain, this soul that is able to reach outside of ourselves, is able to conceptualize, is able to have a a free will. Uh, We are free agents. And so we can create, we can explore. We can explore God's word. We can be on a journey with God, individually uh, expressing that relationship in so many powerful ways. Day to day, when life is good, when life is bad, when there are challenges, we have this incredible image of God that allows us to connect with God, to explore him, to discover him, and then to see how that gets put to work in our daily lives. Now, with that freedom to act, with that freedom to choose, with that freedom to explore, that means we are going to be different people with different opinions and different insights and different experiences. And for some, that can be kind of scary. For some, when we see the differences that are out there, whether it's cultural differences, national ethnic differences, whether they're theological differences, we get afraid of that. And so we want to go into our corners of sameness. That's where we feel safe. But God calls us to a oneness, a unity. Bring your differences Bring your cultural differences. Bring your different perspectives. Even bring your different understandings of God's word. We're all flawed. There's not a single one of us who has a perfect understanding of God's word. Not one of us. So let's come with our flawed understanding knowing that we will be better together and we're going to learn from each other. Uh, The more we're in pockets of sameness, the less we're going to learn, the less we're going to grow. That's just the way it is. And, And so as a church, we get to say to our one God and Father, would you lead us, would you guide us, would you teach us by your word, by your spirit, but also by one another? Let's bring our differences. Let's bring our opinions. Let's bring our views. Let's bring our life experience together as one body of Christ. That's why I love this Proverbs, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Have you ever seen iron sharpening iron? We don't do that very much anymore. Uh, But if if we had iron and iron and we started creating friction, even pounding them together, right, there would be sparks. That's exactly what is supposed to happen in the family of faith. 
We're supposed to sharpen each other. And sometimes that is not feeling very fun, right? Sparks are flying. There is friction. There is tension. But all the while, we're sharpening each other. I didn't see it that way. I didn't understand scripture in that way. Thank you for sharing your opinion. Thank you for sharing your perspective. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing this relationship. It's sharpening me. But if we're iron and there's no other iron to to rub up against, to create the sparks, to create the friction, we are not getting sharper. We will not grow. So, So fear causes us to retreat into sameness. Courage, boldness, and bravery will cause us to say, you know what? I am going to celebrate difference. I'm going to celebrate diversity. I'm going to celebrate different experiences. I'm going to celebrate different opinions. I'm going to celebrate different thought. And we're going to be together and we're going to sharpen each other. Now, this all begs the question, and it's a very reasonable and fair question. So what unifies us? If we can celebrate our differences, which we should, is there anything that we agree on? Is there anything that actually unifies us? And the answer is, of course, yes. There is unity. There's unity particularly in Jesus Christ. There is unity because we believe together that Jesus is the full expression of God the Father. Scripture is very clear about that. Jesus is the full nature of God, right? As Tamara said earlier, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You want to know who God is? Look at me. Let's look at everything through the lens of Jesus, right? And we can believe that in unity. And, and I'm telling you, almost the entire world very much respects Jesus Christ. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how can you not? So much love, so much grace, so much service to others, so much looking out to those, uh, for those who are in need and, and oppressed and lonely and labeled. He reaches out and he loves. There's unity in the full expression of God the Father which is Jesus Christ. There's unity because we believe that Jesus taught and modeled this principle that the kingdom of heaven is actually coming to earth. Some of us might think, well, well, heaven's about out there after I die. There is a heaven after we die. That's fantastic. That's a huge hope. But heaven can also be increasingly here. It's clearly not here yet. But Jesus says it's near and it's coming and it's growing And so we see this kingdom of heaven expanding on the earth, and it is a kingdom of love and grace and service and mercy and justice, and that kingdom is here, and that kingdom is coming. That's unifying. We're unified in who Jesus is. We're unified that the kingdom of heaven needs to be firmly planted here on earth. We're also unified that Jesus Christ was crucified as he took upon himself the evils of the world. He took upon himself the world's greed, power, violence, hate, and oppression. All was bearing down on Jesus at his arrest, at his torture, at his crucifixion. He took, as scripture says, the sin of the world upon himself, and he died. He gave his life as a sacrifice of love to tell the world, the kingdom of heaven is here, the kingdom of heaven is coming, and God loves you like a heavenly father loves his children. Embrace that, accept that, believe that. That cost Jesus his life. In unity, we believe that. In unity, we believe by the power of God and by the love of God, Jesus was raised from the dead and now rules over this kingdom of heaven. He rules over us. He rules over the kingdom that is coming to earth, a kingdom of love and service and mercy, compassion and justice. We believe that there is victory in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that that's the whole narrative of our life from death to life. It's the whole narrative of the life of the world from death to life. We're walking the same journey that Jesus walked, suffering under the consequences of a broken world, but believing, as Laura Lynn said, there is one glorious hope ahead. And the reason why we have that glorious hope is in the resurrection of Jesus. We're also united in in that we're the body of Christ. We are the one body of Christ. And and that metaphor, body of Christ, is so crystal clear. We are the living, breathing presence of Christ here on earth. 
We are the living, breathing presence of Christ here on the earth. I'm not by myself. You're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. But together, as the Bible says, all the parts coming together as one beautifully diverse body. And the Apostle Paul makes it clear in Ephesians and also in 1 Corinthians that the body has many distinct or diverse parts. We are different by design. Let's embrace that design. You know the illustration, right? If the finger's making fun of the toe, the toe's going to have a problem with that and say, well, good luck without me. It's, it's this beautiful, diverse body of Christ where together, in our diversity, we're the full expression of Christ. If we just want to retreat to sameness, it's the, it would be, this is kind of gross, but it'd be the same as, hey, go over there with a bucket of fingers. We're all the same, right? We can celebrate our fingerness. I don't want to ring around no toes, right? It, it's kind of silly, but that's the illustration in Ephesians and in 1 Corinthians. Let's celebrate the whole body, which means we need to be together. We need to be together in unity, advancing the cause of Christ, united with God and united with one another. Now that unity is symbolized in the sacrament of what we call communion. And there's a reason why we call it communion. It, we are communal. This brings us together around the Lord's Supper or around the table of Christ. And, and as Jesus was with the table, with his disciples at the Passover meal, he shared this meal with them. And it was a meal that was to celebrate God's deliverance from Egypt, uh, for, uh, uh, of Israel out of Egypt. But Jesus says, I'm going to change the definition. I'm going to change the definition of Passover. You no longer need to remember God delivering just the Jews. Now use this meal to remember the, the gift that Jesus paid, the price that he paid to deliver us all. And so around the supper, and you can grab your, your bread and grab your, your juice or, or wine and gather your family around if you're together. And we're going to celebrate this meal together, this last supper. Jesus took the bread of the Passover meal and he broke it. And he said, this is now my body broken for you. He was about to show, according to John 13, the full expression of love by his body broken for us to take the, the sin and the failure of the world upon himself and to die for us all. Take it and eat it in remembrance of him. Then Jesus took the wine of the Passover meal. And as this wine was passed around, he says, this is a new covenant in my blood. This is a promise that by my blood, I will bring forgiveness and salvation to all the earth. He says later after his resurrection, every tribe, every tongue, every nation brought to me by my blood. My blood that was shed to pay for the sins of the world to show that I'm gonna take every failure of the world upon myself and I'm gonna to die to that and there will be a resurrection ahead. And so take the juice, take the wine and drink it in remembrance of him. After the Passover meal, celebrating this new sacrament of broken body and shed blood for the forgiveness of sin, Jesus makes an astonishing prayer. He gives this prayer in front of the disciples and listen to his heart. Listen to the vision of absolute perfect unity in the church, the body of Christ. He's praying. He says, I pray that they, my disciples, will be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. And then he says, I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. We talked about the perfect unity of God, Father, Son, Spirit. God invites us to share that same unity with him. 
Father, Son, Spirit, us. Father, Son, Spirit, us. That we would be one with God the way the Father is one with the Son. Then he goes on to say, I pray that they will be one with each other the way we are one. It is a prayer of Christ right before his crucifixion. He gave it all towards this vision of unity. And we want to be the body of Christ with our diversity of opinions, with our diversity of experience, with our diversity, diversity of thought and even theology around what unifies us at the core, but celebrating one another along the way. We're going to close with a song that actually the Marietta campus is going to bring to us. It's a song called Make Us One, and it is literally the prayer of Christ minutes before his crucifixion to bring unity in his church. Enjoy. together if you know these words let's sing this out come on I'm
was awesome. Uh, there is no greater prayer than that because there is no greater force on earth truly than unity. If we are together, if we've got each other's backs, if we're willing to learn and be humble and to grow together, if we're willing to learn each other's stories, if we're willing to say, hey, I got your back, you got my back, let's walk together, let's make some good things happen. In the diversity of the body of Christ in, in, in particular, there's no greater power on earth than that. But there's nothing harder to do than unity. There's nothing harder. We always want to cluster with sameness. There's nothing harder to say in humility, I'm going to walk with people who are different. I'm going to walk with people who I don't understand sometimes. I'm going to walk with people who I disagree with sometimes, but we're going to sharpen each other. And together, we're going to be the best expression and most full expression of the body of Christ the world has ever seen. That's the heart for maybe our church. Is that possible? I think so. It, is it easy? I think not. I want to invite you to come back tonight at 630 because there are some, I'm just going to be honest, there are some divisions in our church. We're going to talk about specifically what they are and a vision for absolute perfect unity at our first ever Rancho Town Hall tonight, 630 to 8 o'clock. There'll be live uh, Q&A uh, coming in through technology. And so it's online only. Go to the platforms that you're looking at right now. Join us at 630 for the Rancho Town Hall, and let's really pursue the depth and the perfection of unity that God calls us to by his grace and love. Uh, God bless you. Look forward to seeing you tonight.